0: The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda Power. I love the
1: power. power, power. I love the power. Hello, and welcome to the Port Adelaide preview podcast for Round 10 versus Geelong. It'll be played Thursday night, which is tomorrow night as of the time of recording, at Cardinia Park in the Geelong sphere. Um, I'm Portia. Joining me this week is Maka. Maka, how are you?
0: Mate, very good. Very good. And yourself? Got over, got over Shanghai yet? Uh I wish I was back there. Yeah. I, I'm missing yeah. the dumplings, I've got to say. Right. Uh, but, you know, time to move on.
1: Well, look, I mean, speaking about uh, exotic food, like, the hot topic this week is that I've been watching Netflix, and um, I've been watching Deep Fried Masters on Netflix. Have you seen that at all, Mecca?
0: No, I've heard about it, but I haven't watched it yet. It's oh, on my the, God. Uh, it's on my, um, on my to-do list. list, for sure.
1: Yeah, no, fantastic stuff. They're frying weird stuff like red velvet cupcakes, and they're doing bacon brownie things, and all sorts of crazy stuff that you just don't see in Australia, really. <laughs> um, very, yeah, anyway. No, they'll deep fry the
0: anything topic. over there.
1: They will, won't they? Mm. <laughs> They're talking about deep-fried butter and deep-fried cola, and it's like, why? <laughs>
0: deep-fried butter. No,
1: deep-fried butter. That's one of the ones they talk about. They don't show it, but they talk about it all the time. How
0: disgusting can you get? It sounds appalling. Oh,
1: it sounds truly appalling. <laughs> oh,
0: God.
1: <laughs> oh, dear. But look, I mean, I guess, I don't know, in, the week, in football this week, oh, I don't know, there's been anything all that interesting happen. Josh Shackey's going to leave Brisbane. I think that's not... It's not confirmed, but confirmed.
0: Um, yeah. It's a strange one. Like, I don't understand that because he was so excited to go there. His father played there. He wanted to relive his history and all that sort of stuff. And then the end of his first contract, he's going to walk out. Like I, I don't understand the reasoning behind that. And I think if, uh, if Richmond are happy to pay him $800,000 or whatever it is, I reckon that's a huge mistake because he's looked nothing like an AFL footballer at the moment.
1: Yeah, I mean, if I was a club trying to bid for him, I'd probably want to be St Kilda bidding for him personally. Um, I think he'd fill a hole for them with Nick Riewoldt, almost certainly going to retire this year. Um, I I think that the reason why he'd leave personally, I think it's going to be an on-field reason, which is that when we were talking about Brisbane and when we did the Brisbane review, you know, um, they're set up for Hipwood. You know, they're set up for an athletic uh, forward that can play without having a lot of system behind them, whereas Josh Shackey is just a really classic old-school key forward. Um, and if you put him in a side that's got some system, he'll look really good. But he looks like a bloody mug in Brisbane right now, the way they're playing. And it'll be years before that'll change. Um, I, I can really understand maybe. why he would change clubs.
0: Maybe, but maybe not. Like, I, I can't see them playing this uh, sort of game style forever. Um, yeah, but it takes time. I mean, it's it takes it's time. interesting. It's, it's a strange mm. one. I don't know. I'm not sure if he leaves that, it'll be the right decision for him. But
1: Well, you know, I mean, when you consider that, you know, he could go and play for Hawthorne. <laughs> and just immediately plug in, like that would be pretty yeah. amazing for him, you'd think. Um, yeah, no, it's key forward. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you test the market, really, if you're a key forward that has shown a bit?
0: As I said, Oof. if someone's happy to pay him nearly a million dollars a year, then uh, you know, you'd be silly not to take it, I guess.
1: Yeah, and look, I mean, I think that we're still living in the post-GWS Gold Coast sort of um, paying ridiculous amounts for key players uh, scenario. And, you know, Tom Boyd at the Dogs, that's sort of the one that everyone's looking at, I guess. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It'd be mm. interesting. Anyway, let's talk about football, even though it's against the worst team in the world, Geelong Cats. <laughs> <laughs> um, normally we start uh, off...
0: Geelong again. Why do I we have know. to play them every year?
1: In right. Geelong too. Like, what? Oh.
0: Do we have oh, yeah. to play them every year? Can't, can't we get some sort of special dispensation to sort of skip a year of playing Geelong?
1: It would be nice, wouldn't it? Or, I mean, for me, it would even be nice if we played them somewhere other than Geelong, like at the MCG or had, you know? Yeah. But we're just not,
0: well, this is actually Park. the first time we've played them at Kadinia Park for, I think, four years, since 2013. No.
1: Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. I was shocked
0: when I, I read that because I just assumed like that we played them there every year. Like even before we started playing in the AFL, we seem to play them there every year. So. I, I think um, I think, that, I think what's actually happening
1: there is that um, we're thinking we played there every year because we're having nightmares about playing there every year.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Very fresh. <laughs> oh dear. Okay. Well, look, we'll start by looking at Geelong for the last two weeks in our little what are they up to segment. Um, they have had a win and a loss, which is really great from this perspective. Um, They've lost to Essendon uh, in round eight. Uh, Essendon won 17 goals, 8-110, defeating Geelong 13 goals, 15-93 in a 17-point loss. Uh, Geelong had three more scoring shots that match, which is a bit unusual. Um, But the story of that game was Essendon kicked six goals, two to one goal, five in the first quarter. Uh, And, you know, Geelong, they did a last quarter comeback, but I think that was just all set up in that first quarter Mm -hmm. with the way they played. Um, Geelong were pretty wasteful. Uh, Tom Hawkins kicked four goals, three uh, and he only got four marks for the match. They don't mark a lot; their tools. They they kick more goals than they mark, which is interesting. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, Essendon. This is the interesting one. Essendon had more than double Geelong's total tackles in that match. Uh, which you'd have to be you have to think it'd be pretty close to an A4 record because they're like eighty-one to forty. Um, that's an absolute drubbing as far as physical accountability. Uh, and you have to think that that might be the path we'd follow this week uh, in terms of shutting down Geelong.
0: Mm. Um, they well, still so you know. The- they're, they're, Certainly, yeah. I think forty tackles would almost be a a low, a record low yeah, as be. well. You would think, could be because yeah. if forty, like ten a quarter, that's that's not much.
1: No, that's very true. Um, and especially, you know, given Geelong lost that game, you know, sometimes you might think, okay, well, as a winning side, you don't tackle as much because you got the ball. But it's like, no, they actually lost, so mm. a little bit strange. Um, I don't know. But the thing about that game is that all their key midfielders still got their stats, so that's interesting. Um, I don't know, I don't know. Okay. How, how do you rate
0: the, the Geelong forwards? I'm just going to say Geelong this year are entirely beatable. If ever we are going mm-hmm. to beat them at Cadinia Park, this is the year that we're going to do it. Because look, they might still be winning games, but they're not playing well. They're not playing good footy. They're not playing team footy, I don't think, either. They've actually been behind at three-quarter time in all except two games this year.
1: There you go. Seven, mm-hmm. seven out of
0: nine games they've been behind and had to come from behind to win. Uh, I think there's holes all over their side that can be exploited, and um, I think as that Essendon game showed, they're, they're entirely susceptible to pressure on their ball winners. Yeah, look, I
1: mean, I think that's and the pretty much same same thing happened
0: against Collingwood as well. Sorry to interrupt, mm. but same no, no, thing happened good. against uh, Collingwood as well. You know, they put pressure on, you know, they physically attacked Selwood and Dangerfield, and, uh, you know, they struggled.
1: Well, I mean, I guess the question then is who do we have that's going to physically attack those players?
0: Probably no one. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Where's Dave Granger when you need him? Bloody hell. Uh, look, I, I'm not sure it's about, um, you know, really physically attacking them. I just think we need to play tough, hard footy. And we've got those sorts of players in the side. You know, guys like Wines, guys like Ebert can do that sort of job in the midfield and, and win those hard balls and oh, get the ball going our way.
1: Look, I agree. But, I mean, the way we've been playing Ebert this year has been better than just having him be a tagger. I'm just wondering, like, is this the week that we tell SPP, okay, look, your job is to do whatever you can to shut down one of Selwood or Dangerfield. I'm just wondering I would, whether... I would
0: love to see Power Pepper get in uh, Selwood's face and, and see what happens, but... Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'd yeah, love it. it. <laughs> that'd be great. It could be sort of poking the bear sort of situation as well, but you never know.
1: Well, that'd be all right too. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Um, and I guess the last week, um, Geelong had their win against the Western Bulldogs, so a 23-point yeah. win. Um Danny only had seven marks taken inside 50 for the whole match, which is interesting. And Harry Taylor had four of them, kicked five goals, one. Um, but the real story from last week was Dangerfield and Selwood again. Uh, Dangerfield, four goals, 36 disposals, 10 clearances, which is just ridiculous. And Selwood got a goal himself, 29 disposals and 11 clearances. It's 21 clearances between two players, Macca. That's just insane.
0: Um, it is, but um, that, that's what they do, the, uh, yeah. the uh, Geelong Clearance winners there. Um, look, That that was probably Paddy Dangerfield's best ever AFL game, to be honest. I I can't recall a game that he's played better than that. Um, And we spoke about the tackling a minute ago against Essendon. They had 134 tackles against uh, the Western Bulldogs, so nearly 100 more. Um, So they certainly uh, recovered and and, uh, made amends the following week on that uh, poor stat from the week before.
1: Yeah, and look, I mean, just looking through Geelong's games this season, one of the interesting things is that the last four weeks they've only kicked a hundred points once. Um, so I don't know. Looking at how that, how are they winning? We talked about midfield dominance. Um, got the goal kicking midfielders. I reckon their tools are doing enough to. Do, I think they're kind of doing like bad Charlie Dixon was doing last year, um, in that they're, they're enough there to be a credible threat a lot of the time, but you know they're not necessarily the focus of their forward attack. Um, mm. They're kind of like
0: us. They get most of their Kinda. goals from their smalls. Yeah. yeah Hawkins yeah. has had a really, really good year, just like Dixon has. He Hawkins yeah. has kicked 27 goals. But then it's Menzel with 21, Dangerfield with 16, Motlock with 11, Duncan with 7. So that, they do yeah. get a lot of uh, goals from their smalls, especially from their midfield as well. Um, so that's Absolutely. something that we really need to be mindful of and, and try and stop.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess that we're playing the sort of offence that will do that. Um, obviously, with, you know, all the loose defenders we've got that like playing in that role, hopefully they'll be able to cut off a bit of that attack, but they're really going to have to run pretty hard, you'd think, um, to be able to shut off all the avenues going forward. Um, mm, I don't know. I don't know. What, what, what do you think about Geelong? Like you said, they've been pretty ordinary at some times this year, and if you look through the all the statistical categories, like the team-based ones, like they're middle of the pack for all of them. So I kind of feel like... Yeah. If, if they weren't such a system side, if they weren't so settled, that they'd probably be doing a hell of a lot worse than they are. Um, yeah,
0: look, I look at their defence and I think we should kick a winning score against that defensive group. We should. It, it, we should. It's not very experienced. Um, you know, there is a lot of young players in there, a lot of inexperienced players there. We should have the experience and the class to kick a winning score against that group. They're, obviously, the midfield is where they uh, where they're very, very successful. Mm. Um, and that's obviously going to be the key to this game because if they get on top of the midfield, there's no way we're going to win. Uh, so we've got to find a way to stop Dangefield and, and Selwood from having an impact. And also Mitch Duncan as well because uh, he's been in career best form. But yep. Yep. Um, I don't know. I, I'm feeling really confident about this game.
1: That worries me because I'm feeling unconfident about it. <laughs> <laughs> the world's
0: upside <laughs> because down. Because I, I really don't like being confident <laughs> when we play. Like... <laughs> No kidding. <laughs> Every time I'm confident going into a game, we tend to lose in embarrassing fashion. So uh, it's it's probably not a good a, a good thing that uh, I'm I'm pretty happy about how this one's going to turn out.
1: Well, look, let me try and get your paranoia back up, and we'll talk about the uh, this week versus the Cats, the ins and outs. Uh, and ours is really extremely significant. Chad Wingard's out for a couple yeah. of weeks for a mysterious illness or what injury, and uh, Aaron Young's in for him, which just seems like a really. Huge downgrade. <laughs> Maybe, like, but... That's a, big, that's a big drop. you Your top-performing midfielder for a forward who's been dropped because he's not kicking goals.
0: Last out, first in. I, I think that's what they've done. I um,
1: <coughs> don't like that.
0: I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm happy to back Youngie. I mean, I, I think the obvious one would have been Gus because he's been in such good form in the SANFL, but there's obviously a reason why they don't want to... Um, bring Gus in at this point in time. Um, so look, Youngy's you know played some okay football at stages this year. He's played some poor footy at at, at stages as well. I think he deserved to get dropped. Um, maybe that uh, that little rest might have done his shoulder a bit of good. Uh, he played a really good game in the SNFL last week as well. So uh, I think in that regard, I'm not too disappointed that he's come back in.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, I understand what you're saying. I guess that what this might signal is, that, given that Robbie Gray has been kind of indifferent at various points this year, but he's also had some really good games, maybe he's just going to go in midfield for a bit while, while Wingard's out, and that's why we're bringing Aaron Young in to fill that role.
0: Maybe. Maybe we might um, release uh, Sam Gray back into the midfield.
1: Oh, okay. I mean, he's already playing high half-forward anyway.
0: You reckon he's... Uh, he is. Maybe. I don't know. I wouldn't mind seeing, like, if we're going to put somebody into the midfield, I would rather see Sam Gray than uh, probably Robbie Young at this point. Uh, Sorry, Robbie Young. Robbie Young. (laughs) Robbie Gray. Um, Just because I'm not sure Robbie Gray against this midfield with his um, alleged injury issues is going to be a successful move.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Well, in that case, yeah, okay, so Sam Gray replacing Ted Wingard in midfield, like, that's pretty grim as well, isn't it? (laughs)
0: Maybe, but we know that Sammy Gray's probably played his best footy playing as a pure midfielder. So none of us really like him playing up forward, I don't think. Um, But this might be his chance to get a midfield spot back. You know, why not?
1: Well, I mean, I guess that might be the next question, is that um, obviously Brendan Archie played forward against Gold Coast. Does he play in the midfield this week?
0: I don't know. I, I really don't know.
1: I don't think so. I don't. I think he might, yeah. but I don't like it. I
0: don't know. Maybe Arch, maybe Amon, maybe Hartlett. Maybe it's time to release Hartlett <laughs> back into the midfield.
1: Oh, come on. No, this is exactly the game when we want Hartlett back there scooping every loose ball up. This is the, this is the one game that I don't want Hartlett played in midfield, quite frankly.
0: <laughs> yeah, you raise a good point. You do raise a good point there. But um, yeah. I don't know. We've, we've got a lot of those sorts of players. So, And we do have a lot of. Um, potential players that can play through the midfield. So I think in that regard, I think we're looking okay for replacements. It's not like we're pretty uh, thin on the ground in terms of um, sort of second-string midfielders that can uh, go through there and do a job. There's always Brodie as well, so Impey. Yeah. Um, you never know. Yeah, all
1: right. I, look, I'm, I'm a lot less positive about this than you are, but okay, that's cool.
0: <laughs> um... <laughs> look, I would and... much prefer uh, Chatty out there, obviously, but um, it is what it is. Um, we're going to be without him for a couple of weeks. So we've got to just deal with it.
1: Yeah. Now, just, um, interesting thing, looking at the emergencies that we've named, um, because obviously, you know, with Robbie Gray's constant, he's not injured injury issue. Um, we've got a uh, possibility of maybe one of them coming in and the na- people named are Jim Tomp, Jimmy Tompkins, Aidan Johnson, and Dan Houston. I'm kind of surprised that Jimmy Tompkins has made it to the emergencies list, even at this point. What, um, what do you think he would add if he came in?
0: Like, I can tell uh, you, I Comical factor, continue. probably, I don't know, but... Um, oh, he has been that. Look, he deserves a bit of credit. He's been in great form in the SNFL. So what? He's at, well, at some point you've got to... Well, no. it's the same reason why people are sort of whinging about um Monfrey's not getting in. Yeah, well, it's like, the same uh, at some At some point you've got to say, well, look... He's picking up a shitload of the ball. He probably deserves a chance to get higher up the list. And oh. I'm not fussed if he's an emergency. I highly doubt he's going to play. Um, if he did play, what would he bring to the side? Probably not all that much against Geelong, to be honest, because the last thing we need is a, another back flanker.
1: Yeah, and look, I mean, you look at like the other guys' name, Aiden Johnson, Dan Houston, like we can tell you exactly what they'll bring. You now, Aiden yeah. Johnson will bring in speed, Dan Houston will bring in intercept marking. Um, you know, that that's that's it. They've got that. They've got those traits you can say, you nail down, you can rely on them to at least do those things. Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't I don't believe. I think that we need to get it. This is what we need to do, Maka. This is what we need to do. We need to all relax, take a deep breath. And remember that we're not a bottom four side anymore. So you can't just reverse NFL form. <laughs> you have to be looking at the AFL team and then working backwards. That's my view.
0: Sure, but we've dropped a, well, not dropped, we've lost a midfielder, so a midfielder's sort of come into that emergency list.
1: He's not a mid. Anyway. Uh, all well, right. if he th- comes th- in, he's
0: going to be playing that sort of uh, arc-to-arc role, isn't he? So.
1: If he comes in, he's going to play the exact same role that Hamish Hartlett does, but worse.
0: Yeah, probably. Probably. <laughs> As I said, the last <laughs> thing we need is another back flanker. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. But look. As I said, he's doing everything that's been asked of him, I think. So he deserves well, a bit more credit than what he's getting.
1: He can have all the credit he wants. I just don't want him in the 22. Anyway, let's <laughs> move on. <Fair laughs> right. uh, Geelong squad changes. They've had a few, actually. Um, they've uh, got Tom Lonigan out being managed, whatever that means, uh, and Nakia Kukatu and Marko Conner out. In comes Cameron Guthrie, Jordan Kuniko for his first game, and Darcy Lang. Um, so they've gone a bit shorter in reaction to our side, which is probably a bit reasonable. They haven't replaced Lonergan with a all, um, yep. which makes sense for them. It does make me wonder if maybe if we had added a all, we could have maybe forced them to not let him be managed and see how he goes. I don't know.
0: Well, we do still um, have three tolls playing our forward, and they're going No, we to, don't.
1: Well, we okay, we'll get on to that next, actually, which we can just jump straight to it, really. Um, talking about well, the Rucks.
0: Just back so anyway. to their, their changes, though, I think yeah. – uh, Cam Guthrie is obviously a key one for them because he, he is, tears us usually. apart every time we, we bloody play against him, which is very he's annoying. <laughs> um, Darcy Lane, he, he's not too bad. He's um he's slowly sort of working his way into becoming a, a pretty decent AFL player. And Jordan Cunico in his first game, he's pretty quick. Um, sort of kind of similar to that sort of uh, Benny Newton sort of role, I think. Um, that sort of uh, slightly taller sort of mid half forward. Be interesting to see what role he plays in the side.
1: Yeah, maybe. But, yeah, you're right about Guthrie. Anyway, let's go on. Talking about rocks because this is where I think that we're a little bit more exposable this week, and I think that's why we won't, have, no. we won't be able to say we've got as many tall forwards as we usually might. And I think that, look, Blickhavs is actually a decent second ruck option to uh, Zach Smith, uh, and I just think that between them, sure? like, they'll have they'll have, the, they'll have the fresher legs against Paddy Ryder, um, and I think that might be an area where we'll suffer. Like, I think that we'll probably have to play trango there a bit more than we usually would, and then he's not there. I don't, know. I, I don't know if our forward... I don't know that our key forwards <clears> is <throat> really all a deal this week because of that. Mm.
0: Look, you raise very decent points, but I'll tell you what, I'm happy. Like, Pharrell Williams, I'm happy. And I'll tell you why. Reece Stanley is not playing this game.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, at the that's moment.
0: true. Thank God for that, because the last two times he's played... Been probably his best two games of his career, so he's not going to do that for a third time just yet. Though he's yeah, an helps. emergency, so oh, is he? Shit, he is. <laughs> but uh, I'm still on edge. But uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, he doesn't come in, um, and that's a good thing, I think. Look, I think, um, I think Paddy will uh, perform really well against Zach Smith. I think
1: you reckon? Why? Yeah, I
0: think he, I think he will match up really, really well because I don't think Zach Smith is all that much of a jumper. Uh, I think you'll be able to get over him with his tap work. I think you'll beat him around the ground. Uh, is a decent second ruck option, um, but he's also become kind of half-redundant at the moment. uh, Oh, because a third man? Exactly, because his key was that third man up um, playing as that sort of ruck rover type role, uh, which he now can't do. Um, so he's almost become a little bit redundant and a little bit lost, I think. He's he's had an okay year, but nowhere near uh, what he's done in the past. Um, so, yeah, I, I've, I'm actually pretty confident that um, with uh, with Ryder and Trengove, we'll be, we'll be pretty much all right in terms of rucks in this game.
1: Uh, look, I mean, Flickhouse, I think he's got more hit outs for the year than Trengove has, just off the top of my head.
0: Um, and that's with probably, Paddy Ryder He's probably That's... spent more time in the ruck than what Trengove has as well.
1: Oh, I don't know. Patty Ryder did miss a game, don't forget. Um, yeah, anyway, look, we, we can agree to disagree there. I'm worried about this area. But if you think that we're good, then okay. Um, midfield. This is the big one, Macca. We've already talked about it a little bit. Selwood and Dangerfield. They're both clearance machines. They both kick goals. They're both reasonably accountable. Not perfectly, but reasonably. Um, Mitch Duncan's in there basically if... He was in any other side, he'd probably not look quite as good. (laughs) But he's very good in Geelong side behind those two.
0: Only got enough options around the place. Guthrie, sorry. I do like Duncan. I think he's. Yeah, um, I like him. He's been a very underrated footballer for probably five or six years now, and you know you look at the stats and you look at efficiency and all that sort of stuff. He's actually one of the most efficient players in the AFL and has been for a very long time. Um, But he has really stepped up this year from being a good player to being elite, um, you know, he's really averaging career highs right across the board, averaging 28 touches a game, yeah. um, and, you know, just for someone who was damaging enough when he was getting sort of 21 to 22 touches a game, for him to jump up to 28 touches a game, um, you know, that's a, that's a good thing for the Geelong uh, footy club, I think, and um, it's going to be a tough one for us, because he's a hard player to match up on.
1: Yeah, but I mean, he's definitely third behind Selwood and Dangerfield, like hugely, you'd think.
0: For sure. So we're going to put all our effort into stopping Selwood and Dangerfield and Mitch Duncan's probably going to get 42 touches or something.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, totally agree. Yep, that's probably what's going to happen. Anyway, anything else you want to talk about with midfield, Macker?
0: Oh, Dangerfield. <laughs> oh. Again, can why can't he be managed? <laughs> Honestly, why wouldn't oh. you manage him in this game? Come on.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's true. Look, he might be if he loses. <laughs> Look, he's, he's
0: kept up his uh, Brownlow form. From last year. Yeah. And he's probably on 14 or 15 votes at the moment as well. He's averaging 31 touches. He's kicked multiple goals in five games this year. And we know that he loves playing against Port Adelaide. He's picked up um, Brownlow votes in three of his last four games against Port. He kicks goals against us. Um, you know, he, he won a few showdown medals against us back at the Crows. Um, he's just a player that we don't really have um, a matchup for, I don't think.
1: No, we don't
0: clearly, yeah, that sort of really pacey clearance winning midfielder we just really always struggle to match up on and and dangerfield's as good as you get, and look, Selwood, in his own right, like he was a bloody good player as it was, um and he also loves playing against Port Adelaide. he was best on ground last time we played, and you know he's been in wonderful form as well this year, so yeah, and
1: he's still it, feeling confident, macca
0: oh <laughs> yeah, because. I think we've got a very good defence that will be able to stop their forward yeah. attacks, and yeah. I think we've got the forward line that can kick goals if uh, if we can get it up there.
1: <laughs> well,
0: that's really it, isn't it?
1: Um, and yeah, all right. Well, look, we can move on to that forward right. line for Geelong. Oh, I said, sorry, like, we
0: we we've just um, spoken all this good about Geelong's midfield, but as I said at the start, they've been behind in seven out of nine games this year at three quarter mm. time. So just because they've got two players that are dominant or three players that are dominating. Yeah, it doesn't mean their whole team's dominate.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Look, you, you, you're 100 percent right there. Um, and if, look, if we can, if look, realistically, if we can limit Selwood and Dangerfield, not stop, but limit, then we should win. So I, I do agree with you there. Um, although, of course, as he said, you know Duncan will get 42 touches and 10 goals or whatever. But uh, <laughs> you know, we'll see, I guess. But I think that's really yeah. important for us. Um, the forwards. Uh, obviously, as you said, we already talked a little bit about Hawkins. Uh, Harry Taylor kicked four goals last week, I think. Um, so, they've oh. got an all right uh, set up there. Um,
0: mm. I don't know. It, it we, seems to be working okay for him. Hawkins, as I said, has had a really good year. He's kicked 27 goals, I think. Um, Taylor, he does a job. He's playing that sort of high half forward role. He kicked five goals last week. Um, he's only kicked two goals for the rest of the year, so... He hasn't really mm. been a goal-scoring threat all year. No, that's true. He has spent true. a little bit of time back down back as well. But um, yeah, as you said, like it, it, it will be a tough matchup. Um, but if we can really stop Hawkins, I think uh, we'll be in pretty good stead.
1: Look, I mean, I think the thing for me that has me concerned is that this looks a lot like the Cameron and Patton matchups for us uh, against UWS, in that they're both yeah. taller than all of our key defenders. Um, and so, you know, if our defense slips even a little bit, like there's no reason why they shouldn't just mark and goal. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like this might be one of those, another, another one of those games where we'll see Tom Cleary look like a goon at least four times because he's just <laughs> not two two meters tall. That's, that's really probably all of it. Um, that, that concerns me, but more, more concerning. It's is probably the, fact that they, the
0: best matchup for Hawkins, but
1: yeah, Hawkins has well, the
0: height. I think he's got the strength as well. I think Cleary will have the uh, the pace and the endurance to run with him. I think that's going to be a good thing. Um, but if Geelong decide to sort of kick it on Hawkins' head and it becomes a wrestling match in the goal square, then I think we're in a yep. bit of trouble.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, if they get any time at all to sort of be thinking about what they're doing when they're going forward, then we might be in a bit of trouble. But I guess we'll find out. Um, I think this might have personally been a game where you could have brought in uh, Dan Houston for those intercepting things he does, uh, getting in the way of the leading forward. I think this might have been really good for him in that regard. But that's predicated on the idea that they're going to win in midfield. And maybe we're just not thinking that way. Maybe we're thinking they're going to be rushed in midfield. So we want a sweeper rather than an intercept marker. Um, I don't know. It it feels like we've made an either or choice when I think we might have been able to have both maybe. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, and I guess looking at Geelong's defence, look, they're pretty settled. Uh, what are your thoughts there, Maka?
0: As I said, I think we've got a forward line that can be their defensive group. They are mm-hmm. settled. And they are also pretty young. They've got Jeb Buse back there. They've got Tom Stewart back there. Yeah. Um, Colin Jasney as well. So they do have quite a young defensive group. I think we should have the experience to uh to match it with them and, and try um, – some interesting things. Hopefully, Dixon has a big game. Um, I think Lonigan being out for them. Uh, it's certainly a good thing for us. Um, I, I would hope that Dixon has the better of Henderson, to be honest. Um, Mackey usually does a pretty good job on Westhoff. Uh, but this might be the game where Trengove can really sort of um, pick up a few marks inside 50 and kick some goals.
1: I think we'd like to see that... <laughs> I think it needs to
0: happen. I I think that's where we can get the advantage this way. I think they've dropped Lonergan, but I think they're going in too short, to be honest. I don't think they are. Um,
1: And look, I mean, just looking at the Bureau of Meteorology, they're talking about there's a medium chance of showers in the afternoon and evening tomorrow in Geelong. Um, That could take a lot out of the game, realistically.
0: Yeah, or maybe we might see uh, Tringo dropped and uh, Jimmy Tooper's come in.
1: If that's the case. <laughs> yeah, maybe Mecca. maybe so. You uh, might be right.
0: <laughs> maybe. Uh, look, uh, I think we should be able to kick a winning score this week.
1: Okay. All right. Look,
0: I'm not going to I'm, thinking, I'm keep asking I'm, the I'm same us to sorry. kick at least fifteen. Goals.
1: Okay, and just uh we haven't talked about Tui and Mackie being the rebounders. Um, mm. do you think we might try and knock one of them out or both of them out and shut down their ability to bring it back?
0: Mackie no because I think he'll be doing more of a shutdown job this week. Okay. Uh, Tui be certainly. Yeah. Um you know he's uh, he's gone across from Carlton, he's you know, had really, really good form this year. Uh, he's a very quick player, um, uses the ball well coming out of the back line. I think uh, we might see Impy go on him. Okay, um, Yeah. And and try and shut him down. If not him, then maybe Sam Gray. Uh, if we need Impey to go on someone like Motlop instead. Yeah,
1: no, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, Motlop's been a bit inconsistent. He's only kicked three goals in the last five games. So you'd have to... Th- I mean, I'm not really too worried about him. I don't know. They've, now that I said that, he'll probably kick ten goals. But we'll see.
0: He does usually... Memory usually plays pretty well against LA, I reckon. Um, yeah. That seems to be memory that I have. I don't know. There's a few games that I remember him absolutely destroying us, but we say he's out of form, but he's still averaging 20 touches and over a goal a game, so he's, he's playing not too bad.
1: Alright, fair enough. Um, One, and...
0: The the surprise packet for them, I think, is going to be um, Sam Menegola, who's been in the system quite a long time um, at a couple of different clubs, I think. Um, mm. and he's finally got his chance the last sort of couple of years, and uh, this year he's been in wonderful form. Um, you know, for someone that's a, a complete sort of no-name, he's averaging 24 touches a game, kicks about a goal a game uh, and just seems to run free um, where everyone sort of, you know, gravitates towards Selwood and Dangerfield and maybe Motlop and uh, and Duncan. He's someone that can get a bit free.
1: Look, I mean, I think what we're just talking about here now, Macker, is the fact that if you're a second-tier midfielder, it must be really nice to play at Geelong right now. <laughs> It would be wonderful. <laughs> like, if you're a second-team midfielder anywhere in the league and Geelong says they're interested in you, you should really just go. Carl Amon would
0: look like a Brownlow one.
1: Oh, my goodness, would he ever? He'd be absolutely astounding. Absolutely, absolutely incredible. Oh, goodness. Brendan Archie might even have Stephen wildlife stats. <laughs> Uh, all right, well, look, we'll just move on to the game in general. Um, talking first of all about the coach. Chris Scott, everyone hates him. Everyone likes seeing smack on face, so let's hopefully see that this week. Um, should we be concerned about him as a, as a coach, though, and his coaching team?
0: Of course, because Geelong are a very good side. They're a very well-coached side. They're obviously able to come back from behind um, and win games. So uh, Scott's able to sort of change things up a bit on the fly, and they've got the players that can do that. You know, they've got guys like Taylor that can play back or forward and, you know, they've got three or four other guys that can sort of do similar or, you know, they can go from sort of a shutdown job to to running free through the midfield and, and kicking goals and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, they've got a very diverse side and, and a very well coached side.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, I, I agree that um, probably Chris Scott, he's got that advantage of um, having those flexible players, but also, I mean, he's been there for years and he knows the system and he knows how to run the system. So um, he's yeah, we've got to be concerned about him. Um, yeah. And as far as the psychological advantage, obviously Geelong and Geelong, they've got it, oh, and yeah. they're going to they're going to have the edge over us until we
0: beat them so by a million points. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: pretty, <laughs> pretty much. much. That's right.
0: It's about it. We're, we've only beat them once there since nine eleven. I think so. Oh, okay, that's uh, a grim stat. Which is a very long time ago now.
1: <laughs> All right, now look I'm reading the Spreaker chat and now I knows what, know what it what it feels like to be you Mecca in the, uh now that I'm the one that's saying port aren't gonna do so well, everyone's laying right into me. It's shocking. Yeah. It. <laughs> Sleazy saying, Well I never heard Porsche so resigned and also saying so many things I disagree with. Um Ryan's having a dig saying that I wrote the list off in the off season. Um oh my goodness, it's it's terrible. Mm, but no one's actually saying nice things about you, Maka. So I don't know.
0: <laughs> anyway, that's no, all right. I can take it. <laughs> okay, good. Now
1: let's have some questions from Bigfooty. Oh, questions? Yeah, this is you. Come on, chuck up questions.
0: I do have Please. questions. All right. Uh, from better. one great club, how do we do with the narrow oval at Cadinia Park?
1: Will you stay within the boundaries.
0: Yep. Okay. Yes. Don't go outside the boundary line because the they throw in.
1: It's a good rule of thumb for every ground.
0: Yeah. Look, well, I think uh we just gotta play through the middle, really. Um as direct yep. as possible. And That's we need to kick towards our goal and keep
1: them from kicking towards ours. Yeah,
0: you know, I think um Jiangwan Stadium was quite thin as well. So Okay. Uh, uh I could be completely wrong there. Um, but it, it looked pretty thin uh while I was there. But um, so really, we should just follow the same sort of game plan that we had there.
1: Well, yeah, absolutely, win, and r- really. right down to the final margin, really, too. Yeah,
0: that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's, that sounds good. I like I this. Like it. What's,
1: these are good questions so far. Keep going. My,
0: my theories are great. Uh, wolfie 1870 has asked: Should you or shouldn't you eat the rind on a washed rind cheese?
1: Yeah, you should. There's no reason not to.
0: No, it's washed for a reason. Yeah. No, you should it is a rhyme that you can eat, and you should yep, definitely it eat is. it. Because yeah, it is quite tasty. But don't, yeah. but don't eat the wax on an Edam cheese or anything. No, probably not. No, I tried <laughs> eating the wax on a baby bill once, and it didn't go down well. To be honest.
1: Yeah, well, probably a little bit of paper would have hurt that.
0: Lefty ninety three has asked: Would this be the ideal game to debut at Lee? Lots of stoppages. Or would we be better off with uh, Young moving up front with Arch spending more time in the middle? Uh, I, look, I'm pro Atlee, but
1: I feel like he needs development, and the development he needs is to be encouraged to be really attacking with his game plan so he doesn't turn into a Kane Corns guy. Um, yeah. Not... not, not by which I mean that he needs to be a guy that is confident to actually drill it down and take a chance rather than go sideways or backwards for the safer thing to do, and he's got that in him. He does it, and when he's he's in a situation where that's the only thing he can do, he's really good at it. So this game, I think that because we've got a pretty attacking midfield, he would be in that, that that's almost sweeperish role that uh, Salapex played in the past, that Hartlow was playing in before he went a bit further back. Um, and I, I don't see that being best for his long-term development. So that, that's my thought there.
0: Yeah, it would be tough to debut um, a what eighteen-year-old kid against Geelong's midfield.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that, would be, be, that, would, <laughs> that would be that would be would be
0: pretty not rough. Not very nice. Too. <laughs> <laughs> not very nice at all.
1: Well, um, I mean, you say that, but then again, like if you t- if you told me Joe Atley's going to come in and his entire job is just to harass uh, Selwood, I think he'd be all right at that.
0: He would be pretty good at that. I would like yeah. to see that. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think that'd that would
0: be a good that one. That would be good. Uh, Andre has asked, was young in the right choice?
1: Uh, it was a choice. I think that um, we talked about it uh, either last week or the week before, might have been with Rick, um, that uh, the most successful teams, it was an old stat, they don't really seem to track anymore than my, where I've seen it. Um, the most successful teams are usually the ones that have the, the smallest pool of players in their 22 every week. Um, because first of all, it means they haven't had a lot of injuries, but second of all, it means they're really settled. So it might just be that rather than bringing someone else in new and potentially unsettling the side a bit, they're bringing back a guy that's already played successfully in the system this year, and that might have given Young an edge over the other guys that were possibly coming in.
0: Yeah, very good point, I think. Andre has also asked, uh, Westhoff, Hartlett and Sam Gray, these are three of our perennial non-performers in big games. If If we lose and they've gone missing again, is it time to drop them as unfixable?
1: Uh no, well no, <laughs> they're all unfixable, but their form is still better than our guys that we could bring in. Uh, and if there's going to be changes made to those three players, they have to be in the off season.
0: Yeah. Mm. No, yeah, I think you're right. Um, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I think it's a really good question, but um. Look, Westhoff, you know, he's not going to change now. He's 30, isn't he? So that's not going to happen. Mm. Uh, no. The other two might have time. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Do we need to drop them if we lose, if they if they don't perform? Maybe. I don't think Westhoff's been in all that great form this year anyway. So I think he's on the edge. But uh, the, the other two have been okay.
1: Well, let me be frank. If those three are the worst performers in our side, we'll probably win.
0: Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so, too.
1: Like, for me, that's not an indicator that we're going to lose. To me, that's an indicator that, oh, okay, everyone's lifted. You know, it means guys like Young have performed and A1 has yeah. performed and Impey has performed. And if all those guys are performing, then we've won for sure.
0: If uh, if our three worst players are, you know, Boke, Wines and Dixon, then uh, we're in trouble.
1: I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah. If they're West yeah, Off-Artland yeah. and Sam great, then, uh, you know, bring it on. Bring it I on.
1: agree. I agree. I'd be all right.
0: <laughs> Portmanteau, this is the last question Portmanteau has asked. That would Tony Thurston get a game in our current team?
1: <laughs> Look, I mean, I think he kind of is in Jackson Trengo, isn't he? Yeah,
0: kind of.
1: <laughs> the way he's playing. You know, Thurston's was that sort of backman and occasional forward and sometimes part-time ruckman. You know, he's playing a similar role. So, I, I, no, I would like to see uh, Tony Thurston's go up against Jackson Trengo. That would be interesting.
0: Yeah. Good player, yeah, yeah. Tony. He was a good player.
1: Yeah, yeah, good old Tony. Um, I've got a question just quickly on Spreaky Chat from Ryan Pillow. Dirty fries or regular fries? What, di- what's dirty fries? Is that gravy or?
0: No, I think dirty fries is like, um, like chili fries or cheese fries, that sort of thing.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, I'm happy with plain ones, really. I'm boring. Sorry.
0: Okay. Right. I'm just so trying, trying to, to space to... this out so he writes a, a response as to what dirty fries are.
1: Nah, he's not. He's complaining about how Thruster was a walking Thuster. punchline, and Thruster and Trango were nothing alike. <laughs> I think that's oh, it. Oh, they, can't, the have they yeah. can't have Thruster. Yeah, I understand what you're saying, but Thruster did play pretty well in a Premiership team. So
0: exactly, three goals in a granny—you can never take that away from. big That's topes. exactly
1: true. That's exactly true. So uh, there you go. All right. Um. No more questions. Cool. Okay. Let's go. So we're into the final wrap. Which is a little bit early than usual. You don't. You don't talk as much as Rick does. Um. Winning side Sorry, and Nigel Harker.
0: But uh, yes. Well,
1: that's that's the opposite of an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe you should do like um uh, in the Portraits podcast and talk about all the celebrities that you're now best mates with. <laughs> That'll oh. fill some time. <laughs> mm. <laughs> All right, anyway, winning side margin and high goal cookie for Port.
0: I'm going to say, uh, I'm not too sure. Uh, Port, 21 points.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Charlie Dixon, four goals. Shit, Macca.
1: You really, you're you, you doing us in here. Um, look, I'll just complete the loop. Um, I'll tip Geelong. Uh, and I reckon they're going to win by about 30 points. And my highest goal kick for Port Adelaide is probably going to be Jarman MP with three.
0: Jarz, that'd be yeah. good. That would be good.
1: I wouldn't be if happy if Jarz kicks three goals. Not if, not if our, goals. he's not if our, highest <laughs> if our highest goal with three goals.
0: If he's our highest goal kick with three goals, I'm not too happy. Look, look, Dixon four MP three. I'd be ha- pretty happy with that.
1: Yeah, all right. Uh, and Ryan Pillar has said Port by twelve SPP twenty five disposals three goals. I would love to see that. Oh. <laughs> um. I don't Those know. Like I mean, that. I guess if if they say here you can run free against Dangerfield, maybe he'll get maybe he'll get a chance at doing that. Who knows? We'll see. Um. All right. And few factor: which Port Adelaide player should Geelong be most concerned about? I mean, I guess you're thinking Charlie Dixon.
0: I'm thinking Dixon. I think he's in great form. Do they have a key defender that can really shut out his his marking ability at the moment? Uh, I'm, I'm not too sure they do, to be honest. And I think that's where we might be able to exploit their defensive group.
1: Yeah, look, that's that's probably pretty reasonable. Um, For me, I'm going to have to say it's probably going to be... I reckon it's going to be Polek. We haven't talked about Polek today. I reckon it might be Polek. He's been in decent form. I think that he is exactly the guy who will get the ball when they don't do much with it up forward and then cut him through the other way. Hmm. I'm not sure who they'd have to stop... Who would they stop him with?
0: Well, that's probably a job for someone like Menegola, to be honest. Yeah, Darcy maybe. Lang, I think that would be kind of where they would be heading.
1: Well, I'm going to go the bollocks, so that's fine. And which Geelong player should Port be the most concerned about? And look, I, th- I think this one's going to be Flipper coin. So whichever one you name, I'll name the other.
0: I think <laughs> it's definitely going to be Duncan for me.
1: Oh my god! Okay, you caught me out there.
0: Yeah, I think it's, it's definitely Duncan. Yeah, he's run free all year. He's picked up a lot of the ball. Um, you know, he's kicking goals. Like He's just turned into a, a really great player, a very consistent player as well. Um, you know, he gets clearances, he delivers inside 50. Uh, he's just about the most efficient player in the entire AFL. Um, you know, I, th- I think he's the one that we really need to be mindful of, and, and we just can't put all our focus on, on the big two. Uh, we've got to be mindful of what someone like Duncan's doing as well.
1: Well, I'm still going to say
0: Joel Selwood. Okay.
1: Yeah, because I reckon that Dangerfield will burn it a little bit. Joel Selfwood he just keeps plugging it. Um, Quiet Achiever, who is going to put in the game of the highest standard for Port that may not wear wow the crowds?
0: Uh, Sam Gray, I'm going to say this week.
1: Yeah. are you back on the... Look, this is sounding more and more like you're back on the Sam Gray bandwagon, Mecca. What's going no, on?
0: Not really. I just think he can do a bit of a job on Zach Toohey this week and uh, and really shut him out. And if we can shut out Zach Toohey's run from the back because they do look for him a hell of a lot. Um, I think that's going to be a great thing, to be honest. You know, he's you had think... 51 rebounds. Well, there's no one else near him uh, for yeah. Geelong. He averages oh. 26 touches a game. If he can keep him to under 20, uh, happy days, I think.
1: Do you th- I- I'm kind of thinking that maybe, given Aaron Young's been given a taste of uh, not being in the top side, uh, do you think he might be given that job on Tui and he'll come in and just play really hard because he wants to keep his spot?
0: No. Because I, I don't you think know? he's got the t- the pace to go with Tui. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. All right, fair call. Fair I don't. Fair know, cool. th-
0: they seem to look the way that they're playing Tui at the moment reminds me of how we played Burgoyne in uh, 07. Okay. Um, when he moved to a back flank, they, they just sort of look for him a bit too much. And if you can shut him down and shut down their run from the back line, um, I don't really think they have too many other players that can sort of pick up that slack.
1: Yeah, look, that's probably reasonable. Uh, I don't know. For me, I'm going to say, because I've, I think I've said it a few times now, I'm going to say Darcy Byrne-Jones again as my uh, quiet achiever. Um, okay. I reckon he might get a job on someone like, I don't know, you reckon he might get a job on Mottlop? Mm. Maybe a bit too roaming for that. Might be Menzel. He'd be a good, he'd be a good guy. A bit shorter, yeah, though. I
0: can, I can certainly see him going to Motlop. Yeah. Um,
1: Whether he'd stay with him, though.
0: Maybe someone like Murtop. Okay, okay. Murdoch's got really good pace. Um, he's had a reasonable year as well. Um, I don't know, yeah. It Interesting. Could be. Well, Menzel's had a really good year. It wouldn't surprise me if he goes to, to Menzel, if Pittard goes to Murdoch. Um, Menzel's probably some we haven't really spoken about him, but he's uh, kicked no less than two goals every game. Yeah, like
1: he's had year, a so. very consistent
0: year, that's for sure. Yeah, so he's um, certainly one that we need to watch out for.
1: Here's a question. Is this the game when, after all this time, we decide to throw Darcy Byrne-Jones in as an accountable midfielder? Oh. Oh, it's pretty nice sounding, isn't it? Oh.
0: it, it maybe. Maybe. <laughs> if, if, oh, it's a tough one. If if we had someone falling out it. of the side and Houston coming in, then I would say yes.
1: You'd love to see it. You'd love to see as it, As it
0: stands now, I don't think so.
1: Okay. Well, look, I'm going to cross my fingers and hope there. That would be really great to see him yeah. just go head-to-head with a, a Selwood or anyone, really. Duncan. How do we need Darcy
0: Ben jones to become a midfielder?
1: Um, look, I mean, I think that if he's going to – for me, we talked about Geelong's versatility and we talked about the versatility we've got in our side to a certain extent. I kind of feel like being a shutdown defender is good. But if he can add shutdown midfielder to his, his bow and uh, his quiver, sorry, and then have those two options as a, as a coaching thing, I think that's very useful. Because I think that the the, um, the long term viability of having a shutdown defender small that's only a shutdown small defender, I don't think there's a lot in that. And I think he has, I think he can. I mean, he's got the focus. There's no reason why he couldn't be able to come in and do mm-hmm. a role in midfield from time to time. Um,
0: Certainly on yeah. a defensive point at stoppages, that sort of thing I can. I can see that point, and I do agree with that. But I don't – like I don't know, footy's changed away from sort of pure shut-down midfielders, and I don't think he would be the sort of player that can pick up 25 touches a game as well. No, I agree. Which he would probably need to do.
1: I agree with that, but he's also certainly the guy that you can put on one of their better midfielders for the first quarter before throwing him back for the rest of the game, just to rough him up and get it easier for the actual midfielder to take him on for the last three quarters, that sort of thing. I don't know. Yeah. So, you know, like Michael Wilson. Michael Wilson, classic example. Yeah. Michael Wilson. I'm not against
0: that. it. I just yeah. think he needs a bit more development on the uh, oh yeah. On the sort of attacking midfield side of his game for That's that to fair. be worthwhile.
1: Well, who knows? Anyway, I'll keep hoping we we'll see it. Um <laughs> last real question. Uh, any other games you're looking forward to this week, Macker?
0: I think this round's a cracker, to be honest. It's not bad, is it? It's pretty good Sydney and Hawthorne, that'll be a really good game. Mm. Because uh, whoever loses that, you can pretty well sort of rule out any sort of finals. Yep, yep. I think, yeah. And whoever wins, you know, might be half a chance. You know, like Sydney, they're only, what, two games out now? They, you know, they're <laughs> back into some reasonable form mm. um, if they win again. And they've got a pretty healthy percentage considering that. I think they're over 100 in terms of percentage. So if they can have a decent win against the Hawks, um, I think they'll be a pretty... Oh, yeah, that'll be in pretty good form, I think. I think the Dogs and St is a really good game. Uh, yeah, Richmond <laughs> is going to be a really good game. It's going to be so good. West Coast GWS is going to be a really good game. There's a lot of good games this weekend.
1: And, of course, you know, everyone's going to be a free a Fremantle fan this week as well. Um, with them
0: going against the Adelaide Crows, we'll oh, see how that goes. Without but, Santa um, Lance, Crows by 156 points. Yeah,
1: I know. Shut up, Mackie. You're spoiling <laughs> it. Um <laughs> All right, look, and look, we just got a quick comment from Ryan Pillar on the Spreaker chat saying that um, uh, Bern Jones would be a bit like Logan on steroids. So that's that's good. That'd be nice. Yeah,
0: that's yeah. probably a good thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, you'd have to think so. Hopefully. Yeah. And hopefully he's not actually on steroids, so that would be a very bad thing. No. Um, all right, well, look, I think we're pretty much done. I'm a little slightly shorter than usual. Well done. Right. Um, unless there's anything else to say. I think this is the time of the podcast where we say can't port round the pit. Camp what I laid. Like. Tread rate from 45 metres out against the breeze.